Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Kick off your future with the law firm of Kondorian Murad. They're the official Grant and Danny Show sponsor. They will help protect your assets and update your will and trust. Schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys. Visit kmlawyers.com and mention the show, G&D, to score yourself a discount. That's kmlawyers.com. Uh, we promised that right here at the top of the hour ahead of the Blitz, we give away Caps tickets, and we are not liars. So congrats. Caller number 10, dialing right now. You'll win two tickets to see the Capitals Sunday, March 3rd, Capital One Arena, Against Arizona. Tickets are on sale now. For tickets and more event information, go to thefandc.com slash events, courtesy of Monumental Sports. That is a chance to catch them surging capitals. All of a sudden, goals are being scored. Ovechkin is scoring. A little Connor McMichael two-piece last night. Things are things are trending in the right direction. They, they dug themselves one of these giant pits, like Bain's prison. Now they're trying to climb out of it a little bit. I like it. What, what did they say when they climbed out of the prison? What was that? It's like... They, they would mumble the same thing. It was like a bunch of syllables. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. What does it mean? Rise. Right. And it was like not a lot of words for Maybe rise. the Caps were saying that last night as they were pouring it on New Jersey. McMichael's second goal was nasty. It was indeed. I, I Listen, I don't know anything. I'm just a dude that likes watching the Capitals play hockey, right? There's something about watching him move around that reminds me of some of the really good players that I've seen for a while, you know, like in this league, where it's like there's that there's that extra quickness, that burst, the skill. I feel like he's about to break out. He got a steal, a couple of dekes, left a couple defensemen in his wake, stuffed the puck past the goaltender after he was basically behind the cage. It was beautiful, one of the goals of the year for the Capitals. All right, let's kick off the blitz. We'll get to the Caps and the Commanders. Let's start on the diamond. Bobby Blanco of Mass and Sports. Bobby, how is West Palm Beach treating you? I'm sure it's gorgeous with spring training games on the, uh, well, on the schedule for next week. This is going to be awesome. 
Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Game starts Saturday. Have to be honest, it's been a little chilly down here. Not complaining, though, compared to back home in D.C., but it's only been like in the 60s. Today was like the first kind of warm day, hitting the 70s. The guys were out for their second full squad practice, gearing up for Saturday night's Grapefruit League opener against the Astros. Um, you know, baseball things are happening, and that's, that's always fun. They're having a good time down here. What's the biggest question right now heading into this season? I think the biggest question is going to be who fills out the back of the rotation. We know this team values starting pitching. Um, does Jake Irvin solidify the fourth or fifth spot after a pretty surprising rookie year last year? Uh, we know Trevor Williams still isn't here yet after the birth of, I think, his fifth son, fifth child. Um, so he's supposed to be here in the back in the next couple of days. Does Is he behind anyone when he gets here? Does any of the non-roster invitees kind of make a case for themselves? Does a prospect like Jackson Rutledge make a push? Um, you know, we're just getting into the live uh, batting practice session, so some competition is starting to heat up, but uh, we don't really know who's going to fill out uh, the back end of the rotation, and they pride themselves on starting pitching, and it all starts with pitching. So I'm interested to see who kind of fills out the fourth and fifth spots. Bobby, it's funny hearing you say that, and what you're saying is right. Like, you're not saying anything wrong. But just the idea of, like, this team really cares about starting pitching. Trevor Williams could be in their rotation, and maybe it'll be Jackson Rutledge. It's like they care as much as you can care while investing almost nothing into Yeah, I care about weight loss as I've gained 20 pounds this year. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, I know. I, 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 I could hear as I was saying it. It's like, you know, they haven't added a lot of this, of this offseason. Actually, you know, you can say they haven't added any because they're running it back with uh, Trevor and Jake and maybe Jackson. But, um, you know, they're just kind of hoping that I think, you know, Jake follows up with a good sophomore year. Jackson continues to improve and kind of fulfills his first-round prospect. And then maybe someone else kind of steps up um, and, you know, they can maybe move Trevor to the bullpen or as a long-inning relief. Um, you know, there are a couple of free agent starting pitchers out there. I know Mike Rizzo kind of said they're kind of done with major league deals, but – you know, who knows? Maybe if prices start to drop, maybe you take a flyer on someone because they desperately need a report to a team. Do you think it was a good thing or a bad thing that we found out this week that the learners are not selling the team? I think it's a good thing because now you know that the learners are invested. You know, for the last almost two years, it was a huge question mark. We were wondering, you know, we thought that they were looking to sell the team and then there was no news on that front. So we were just kind of you know, kind of a no man's land thinking of, all right, is this thing going to happen? Is it not? Um, I think now that we know that they are fully invested, I saw Mark Lerner out there today. And it was kind of, kind of funny that we're talking about this now because where was he situated most of the time? He was watching the top prospects take batting practice. He was watching Dylan Cruz, James Wood, Robert Hassel III, Brady House, Trey Lipscomb. He was watching their batting practice session and not the major league guys as so I think that was kind of interesting in that he was looking at kind of the future after earlier this week reaffirming that the learners are here for, you know, the foreseeable future and that they're going to invest in this team moving forward and try to put together another winning club. Bobby, it's not cool anymore. I'm fully acknowledging that, A, I'm not cool, but, B, I still believe in Luis Garcia. I think the superstars that come up as, like, 14-year-olds that, like, dominate Major League Baseball as kids have ruined our eye line. He normally, in a lot of organizations, would probably have graduated from double-A, had a chance to make the majors. I still think he's got something. And, again, it's not a popular opinion, but it's kind of make or break time here. Give me a, a Luis Garcia prognosis. Yeah, I, I, I'm not giving up on Luis either. I, but I do think, you know, kind of along the lines we were going into last season with Victor Robles, you know, he's – 
on a shorter release now this year. Yeah. You know, he only hit 266 um, last year. He got demoted at one point back down to AAA before coming back up late in the season. And that was kind of like a wake-up call that the organization was trying to tell him, like, hey, look, you know, if, if you're not going to fully grasp this position at second base, we might have to look at other options. Um, he has great bats of ball skills. It's always been like his pitch selection, his defense. You know, obviously they tried him out at shortstop for a little bit. wasn't going to work, so his second base is, is his position for sure. But I think the big question mark is now they've got a handful of young infielders that they do like, maybe not as high of a ceiling as Louis does have right now, but guys who have performed well um, at the minor leagues. I, I talk about Trey Lipscomb a lot because I really like the kid, and I think he brings a lot of tools, especially defensively, to the infield. I wrote about him this morning on the website. Um so I think if, if his progress comes, uh, you know, takes another step forward this year, Louis' job could be in trouble if he doesn't solidify himself and prove that he can be the second baseman for the long term. Bobby, thanks for making this a Bobby Blanco on the Blitz day. Yeah, day, great day, guys. Hope to see you down here in West Palm soon, day. We will be there, Pretty day. soon, my friend. Details on that to follow, day. I'll be mm. texting you about that. All right. Intriguing. Thanks, yeah. Mm. Well, we won't bury the lead. We'll just we'll let that simmer, okay? Yep. There will be a time. There's an announcement looming, but Nats fans, just know, get ready. We got you. It's, about, it's about to go down. We got you. It's about to go down. Let's rock, let's rock, let's rock tonight. Give me a platform. Give me a stage. Give me Give a me stage. stage right here. Larry, let's, let's rock, rock, let's rock, let's rock, rock, rock tonight. tonight. Let's keep the blitz moving. 43 games, eight goals, not good. Eight games, eight goals, very good. Cakesy, you know him as John Cakes Allville from the Sports Junkies. Cakes Alex Ovechkin is back. He is back. We are getting Doug back. And the goal chase is back on, Cakesy. It's a thousand percent back on. And uh, I just want to thank Ryan Clary for, you know, being the king of tact uh, as I was on hold. He's like, well, because. I reached out to the 20 other beat writers of the Caps and couldn't get in touch with them. We love phoned old Johnny Cakes uh, for his for his wagon so, Can I ask you, did, did, so, yeah. did Clary just call you and ask you to come on knowing, like, Cakes is a huge Caps fan. He'll probably be like, oh, the boys just want to talk to me about Ovi. Or did he tell yeah. you, I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel hey, Cakes, and nobody no, no, will no, no, do no. this? You're my last he, resort, Cakes. He, he texted me without that little nugget, but then, like, when he called me at 4.09, he's like, well, because I called Tarek El-Bashir and everybody else who covers the Caps, and they, they told me to go kick all the rocks. I call, we called old Johnny Flakes. So here I am, fellas. Well, just know, we're, we're, we told him to start with you, Cakes. Yes, yes, I'm sure, I'm sure that you did. But when we want to break the, down the Caps, you're our first call. I would, I would hope so. Uh, it's me and, like, Barry Melrose in his prime. Uh, but, yeah, the, the goal chase is officially back on. And, and I'll be honest, boys, I, I wavered. I was wa- there was some wavering happening Same. because I yeah. placed a, a sizable wager with one Bishbucks, Jason Bishop, at 10, odds of 10 to 1 that Ovi, I was like, of course Ovi's going to break Gretzky's record. Duh. I mean, look at the numbers. The guy pours in like 40 goals a year easily, sometimes 50. So, of course, he's going he's gonna to reach that number easily before his contract comes to an end. And as you mentioned when you, when you brought me on, Grant, the beginning of the season – was abysmal. Like, Ovi just couldn't find the back of the net, whether he was snake-bitten or just bad puck luck or his shooting percentages down. I don't know what the reason for it was, but let's just all take solace on the fact in the fact that now things are right with the world. Ovi is on a full-blown heater, I believe a nine-game point streak, and uh, 
He's going to break the I'm, I'm back, fully back on that he will break the record. Casey, I'll, I'll try to give you my answer to this question, then I want yours. Yeah. I would like for them to make the playoffs. That's more fun, obviously. More sure. games, you know, more time on the ice and, and, and getting to see the lads. But it's not my primary concern right now. That goal chase is because I don't really see this team as having that high of a ceiling. So it'd be nice. My kind of priority list there is is goals first for Ovi. Let's win some games and see what happens kind of second. Where are you at in, in that regard? Like out of 10, like normally rock the red arrow. I'm like, get me the best seat possible. Let's go beat the stupid Penguins who I hate so much. That's a 10 out of 10. Right now, playoffs for me is like a three and a half, four out of 10 on my priority list. The goals are the, or the nine or nine out of 10 or 10 out of 10. Where are you at on that? I am, uh, I'm Sammy Hagar version of Van Halen. I want the best of both worlds, Danny. I want, uh, I want Ovi to continue his torrid goal scoring streak. But I also need the Caps to make the playoffs. Like, them missing the playoffs last year was a dagger to my heart. And I understand things went wrong at the end of the Laviolette era. You know, like, he, he had run his course. So, you know, things just didn't work out. But I, I can't go two seasons back-to-back without playoffs. And I understand it's looking grim. You know, they're, they're chasing wild-card teams. And it was a great win last night over the Devils. They need another one against Tampa on Thursday. But I, as much as I love to see Ovi score goals, I need the Caps to make the playoffs more. That's higher on my priority list. So, so Danny, we're going to have to agree to disagree here, my friend. Casey, I'm not going to look this up. I refuse to look it up and cheat. But I want to give you the Van Halen members as I remember them. Okay, here on I can't live. wait for this. <laughs> David Lee Roth. Okay, very good. Original lead singer. I love that. Good. Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, on what instrument? Keyboard. <laughs> Sam- maybe. Maybe he did keyboards, too, but not his primary instrument. Sammy Hagar. Okay, Sammy Hagar, also Al- a vocalist. Alex Van Halen. Okay, Alex Ma- Van Halen, his instrument of choice? Drums, of course. Very good, correct. Michael Anthony. <laughs> Danny, he has to be looking at a list. He's There's 100% no looking at the screen right now. Okay. Wolfgang <laughs> Van Halen. You sleep on bass guitarist Wolfgang Van Halen. And then I'm I'll throw so in sure. for good measure. Because no one knows more about Van Halen than I do. Yeah. Gary Sharon. And- I mean, the fact that, you know, if you can tell me who else Gary Sharon did lead vocals for, I'll give you a trillion dollars, Grant Paulson. Uh, yeah, it was uh, Guns N' Roses. Oh, God. <laughs> it was not Guns N' Roses. It was and the Mark band Stone. Extreme. You sleep on Mark Stone. I do sleep on that person. That is correct. That's 100% correct. Uh, that, he's just listed here, also in Van Halen. Yeah, what happens when you Google Van Halen cakes? That's the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. that's By the way, the, the Mark Stone that I know is an NHL yeah. player for the Vegas Golden Knights. Okay, that's oh, the guy I know. Very good. But getting back to Ovi, like I'm just doing my quick math, and I'm not I'm not good at math. But if Ovi, let's say he let's say he throws eight or ten more on the pile this season, and then he's under contract for two more seasons. He is going to reach the magic number for uh, breaking Wayne Gretzky's record. And if he doesn't somehow do it when his contract runs up, and I know that he was on Russian media this week saying that he would retire, there's no way that if he's eight or ten goals away that he's just going to walk away with the, the most hallowed record in all of the NHL within his reach. It's, it's impossible that that would happen, in my opinion. We're back. They'll do the we're Bernie back, Mac baby. Mr. 3000 bit. We're, we're right back. back. Me and Cakes, we're teetering. We're back. <laughs> we're you were Hannah teetering. Flakes, thank you, buddy. All right, guys. Call me anytime. Just remember. We will. Okay, thank you. We're going to. Last choice okay. for no man. That is Johnny Cake Sawville. <laughs> See you, buddy. Hit that local 53 sounder, Dares.
our pal Earl Forsey, shot out of a cannon, talking about the Washington football gentleman. Earl, we're out here meeting all the assistant coaches, position coaches, not the coordinators. They've already kind of done that. But we did yeah. kind of a roundtable out here in Ashburn. Of those hirings, which one stands out to you the most and why? Well, first of all, they never had a press conference ever around that place. Now everybody gets a press conference. It's, everybody it's unbelievable does. around there. It's, it's amazing. Um, Kingsbury has got to stand out uh, to me. Um, you've got a defensive coach. You've got a number two pick where you need a quarterback. Obviously, the guy who's going to you know, mold the quarterback is going to be the OC. So, uh, yeah, I would think he's going to have a large say in who they do pick number two if they do go quarterback. So, to me, it's Kingsbury or bust. I mean, the track record is eh, it's, it's okay. I mean, there's a guy that has had a lot of hype over the years and really has never delivered to where people – expected so part of the reason why he's here right because he was coaching in college so uh, to me that's that's the one that stands out and I think maybe if there's another one that that's an easy answer Ken Norton Jr. you know the the champ's son coming in to coach linebackers and my god now all they need is some linebackers to coach and he'd be in good shape Earl are you with me on the number two pick that it's got to be a quarterback and they shouldn't consider moving up or back or what's your philosophy uh, Grant, I, you know, I said until my head hurt uh, on countdown to kickoff when we knew they were going to have the number two pick, I said, just look back four years. What was the fatal mistake? The riverboat, you know, ran aground when he didn't pick a quarterback number two, and he was haunted for it for four years. And so were we as a fan base. You get a second chance. You get a mulligan. Don't blow it. You know, hit one down down the middle this time. It's It's – it ain't that deep, my kids like to say, and this one ain't that deep. You've got three quarterbacks potentially there uh, that, you know, are, are, are kind of close. Maybe Caleb Williams is ahead of everybody else. Some think he is, some think he isn't. But, yeah, that to me, that's what you do. I mean, look, look at all the great quarterbacks right now we have. You know, great maybe is a relative term. But look at look – at, I'll give you some of these names. Lamar Jackson just won a second MVP. Josh Allen, um, Joe Burrow, um, Justin Herbert, Tua Tungo-Vailoa, how many Super Bowls do they have? Zero. There's one guy that's got three of them now and three MVPs. It's Patrick Mahomes. So if, how, what do you want to do? If, if this fan base just wants to be, oh, we just want to be, uh, you know, I just don't want to worry about the owner again, and I just want to have fun watching football. If that's what you want, then fine. Then, and, and, you know, strive for seven wins, and if that's your goal. If your goal is to compete for playoffs and eventually maybe a championship, you better have a quarterback, and, and you better have a really good one because I just ran off a list of really good ones and MVPs that still have not yet won a championship. So it, it all starts and ends with that guy. And, you know, Ron was right about one thing when he said quarterback. When it, What's the difference <laughs> between you and the other team? Quarterback. So he was right about that. Unfortunately, he didn't take his own advice. You know? Yeah, he picked so many, and none of them were any good. Uh, yeah. Earl, you're the best, buddy. Thank you as always. Take care, guys. We are very close. Free agency three weeks from today. Dag. Let's go. Free, free agency, agency day. Free agency day. Dag. We should try to get Bruce on just for the anniversary. That was the day he came on. That was on. the day. Drop day. Called you, Dave. It's a big day in show history. That was 2014? 2013? God, I have no idea. 2015? I can't do that. <laughs> I'll look it, it up. somewhere back there, yeah. When were they on hard knocks against the Texans? It was probably the next year. Somewhere in there. Because it was shortly, yeah, we, we've been doing, let's get the bleep out of Richmond. We've been doing Richmond stuff. Right. There's a lot of that. The greatest state in the union. Quarterbacks coach Tavita Pritchard on Sam Howell's development. 
the possibility of drafting a QB number two, joins us on Grant and Danny next. You'll definitely want to hear what he has to say right here on The Fan. With Danny Ruye, I'm Grant Paulson. This is The Fan. We're in Ashburn, where assistant coaches met with the media this afternoon, including 37-year-old quarterbacks coach Tavita Pritchard, who you'll hear from in just a moment on The Fan. Uh, Coming up in about a half hour in our 5 o'clock segment, we discussed the running game and Washington's offense under Cliff Kingsbury with Anthony Lynn, who was at one point in time the head coach of the L.A. Chargers as more recently been the offensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions. You'll also hear from Daryl Tapp, who went to Virginia Tech, played here in D.C. in 2013 under Mike Shanahan, and who's back now as the defensive line coach. But Tavita Pritchard, second year as quarterback's coach, was hired by Ron Rivera last year, one of the few holdovers on this staff, now getting to know Dan Quinn, Cliff Kingsbury, and a brand-new staff. We talked to him about the process of being one of the few guys left standing and what it's been like to get to know this new group of coaches. I can't overstate my excitement for being here, uh, being a part of the the new staff with DQ, with Adam, with Cliff. You know, really excited just about everything that's going on here uh, moving forward. I mean, it's a a special group of people. I mean, just getting to know all uh, these different folks has has been um, it's been eye-opening, you know, and just the way that, that Adam is doing it, that DQ is doing it, their synergy, um, and then just what we're building, you know, is just is just really, uh, it's really, it's a lot of fun. It's got to feel pretty good being a holdover, right? It's almost like, you know, as you said, the staff changes, and they think enough of you to say, he's got to stay. We need him. Yeah, you know what? I mean, I think as much as anything, it's 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 exciting moving forward and, and, and thinking about it in a way that it's fresh and it's new and, and joining what DQ's doing. You know, I mean, you ask anybody – in the league about DQ and who he is as a leader and a person and a football mind and all those things. And you, you will hear glowing remarks about him and, and at every turn. And I've, I've known of Adam and known Adam for a while. And, and, and both of those guys, you know, as, as leaders of this, of this franchise now, you know, there's, there's nothing but, but uh, excitement going forward. Tavita Pritchard, quarterbacks coach with the commanders, good footwork. Some of the techniques of quarterback play are going to be the same no matter who the coordinator is. But you're a liaison for Eric Bieniemy's offense last year. Now a brand new offense for you to learn and, and to coach. What's that dynamic like for you? Second offense, same quarterback in Sam and whoever else comes in here. Yeah, it's, it's first of all, like just as a football nerd, like learning a new system is nothing but but exciting for me you know I mean just to be able to learn a new verbiage learn a new philosophy a new way of doing things and like you uh, likewise you hear similar things about Cliff just across football and just the football mind that he is and the person that he is and the and the quarterback mind that he is you know so to be able to be around him and learn a new way of doing things I mean I'm just I'm just soaking it all in you know we're still early but just as we're watching film and talking quarterback play and talking offense like it's been it's been uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun getting to know him and, and his system you talk about that collaborative feel as well because you've got experience coming into the room too right maybe this three-step might work better as a five-step or this footwork or this you know kind of design how much of that is kind of a two-way street here with the staff 
Well, I mean, the way that it's being set up, the way that the way that DQ thinks about just our whole setup, and and this trickles down, right? Obviously, to Cliff, and he verbalizes very early on to me in our in the process of getting to know each other, uh, and me being hired on, um, is the collaborative nature of it. You know, I mean, all of us are smarter than one of us, and he is. I mean, he is like self-proclaimed, you know, not an ego guy. He wants the best ideas wherever they come from, and, and so you know, it's been it's been really enlightening to see him kind of go through it in these early stages of just like. I mean, he's taking it all in, too, and he's being extremely open when it comes to input, not just from me, but from the entire staff. And so that's that it speaks volumes about who he is and, and why he is thought of as the mind that he is. Last year, Sam had a season that only Jameis Winston's ever had, I think, which is like 30 big-time throws, 30 turnover-worthy plays, something like that. What did you make of Sam's first, for all intents and purposes, rookie season yeah. last year and where it ended versus where it started? Yeah, first of all, working with Sam was a was a complete joy. Like, and I mean that in that the person he is, the worker he is, the competitor he is. I, I loved I loved having him in the room. Uh, he's an excellent teammate. He's growing as a leader. Um, you know, obviously we had our ups and downs as a team, and the quarterback, as we all know, always gets more credit and more blame than 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 is probably deserved. But you know, just in terms of his play. Um, it was it was that exact same thing. It was it was up and down, you know. I and mean, he had really good uh, stretches there. He had some he had some rough stretches, and I think the biggest thing for him was learning from all of those experiences and banking them in a way that will be meaningful him meaningful for him moving forward, you know. And so that was that was a lot of the rhetoric as we got towards the end of the season and even into this off season with him is just man, you got You got to learn from all of that, you know. That's all just data that you're now able to to use and and put forth into your into your your progression and growth as a quarterback lastly number two overall pick obviously the expectation is that it will be a quarterback just curious about your thoughts about the possibility perhaps of working with one of the top talents in the country and how much tape grinding you've done to this point on Drake May and Jaden Daniels yeah I mean honestly we're early in the in the tape grinding but I'm excited to to be with Adam you know and and, and kind of see this process from this you know you've always I've always seen it from a distance you know and seeing uh, you know like like uh, from the other side from the college side the guys getting drafted and whatnot but but just to be able to go through this with the pick number that we have just how we do it as the as a franchise you know how Adam goes through it how DQ goes through it how we all kind of put our heads together and 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 what that process I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it. Any truth to the rumor that you, exclusively you, and no one else will pick the quarterback at number it's two? Your call, right? That's exa- just you. That's Adam a, has no that's say. That's exactly right. But don't tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, coach. You heard it right there. Tavita Pritchard, Danny, is going to call the shots. The quarterbacks coach for the Commanders. We got it on record. This is, of course, a joke. Please don't write about that. Don't do any of those things. Where the, where the aggregators make it up, and then there's a controversy. This is joking. Everyone's joking. I'm okay with the aggravators, Ron. Aggravators? Aggregators. The ag- aggravators. They're aggravating, aggregating. Which is where they take all the aggravation and put it together. Uh, Tavita Pritchard, uh, he stayed. Nobody else, pretty yeah. much. I mean, you, you look at the staff. He came in here and you hit detonate. He was one of the few left standing, especially on the offensive side of the ball. It was him and Bobby Ingram, basically, from the Biennemi regime and the Ron Rivera hirings. Uh, I was really impressed by him. He's got a good feel. You know, he uh, he was sitting there. We walked up to him. You know, you say your name. He asks you for your name a second time. Says goodbye by your name when you walk away. Like some EQ, some people skills there. Uh, obviously, pretty sharp. And you know, he answers the questions. Got a Stanford background. Played there. Came from the college game. You heard him mention that at the end too. Yeah. Talking about the fact that he has seen this draft process 
from being in college at Stanford with quarterbacks over and over again from that angle. But he's pretty fired up to, to get to do it at the top of the board, number two overall. And he didn't make any bones about the fact that they are likely to take a quarterback. There's no reason to hide that. Obviously didn't you know suggest they know what they're doing. And he said they're very early in watching the tape. This is it's a unique situation to be in too, right? Where it really is a lot of new stuff. Like he's he's got to learn that new system language, how things need to be implemented. What's and then sort of cater that to what's best for the quarterback and his progress. And it's all both long term, short term, short, medium, daily tasks. Everything kind of adds up. Hopefully one day in the not too distant future to a really successful young signal caller, right? But yeah, I mean, being a part of that process now on the other end, watching you know not just. Well, who are we going to take? Well, we think it might be what Ron wants, but it could also be Dan coming off of a yacht if he leaves uh, the you know the, the Senate hearing or whatever courtroom he's in or whatever place he's settling a lawsuit. This is now that process where you've got qualified, sharp people that are going to make an educated guess or decision in that regard. And it really is neat to have that kind of input. It's a big compliment to be a holdover from a previous staff and previous regime that frankly wasn't very good. You know, in, in a lot of ways. To be able to stand out for these guys says a lot about his acumen. It's also got to be super exciting. You heard him say he's really looking forward to going through this draft process with a pick this high. Mm-hmm. You're a quarterback's coach, and you're watching the tape, and you're seeing Drake May drop dimes. I posted a video today at Grant H. Paulson from some of his best throws just from one game against Georgia Tech where he completely lit it up and just threw a bunch of darts, zip seeds into small windows. Or you're, uh, you know, you're putting on the tape and you're watching Jaden Daniels electrify with his arm and his legs and you're going, this is the guy that I'm working with next year. And by the way, selfishly, I mean, you could, this is the back of the head thought. If this guy's really good, I'm going to be a coordinator in this league. And when I'm a coordinator, if this guy's really, really good, I'm going to be a head coach in this league. I mean, that's the golden ticket, man. This was a really coveted QB's coaching job. I think it was a coveted OC job that Kingsbury landed. That's a good point. But you got to get it right. Like, if May stinks, it's going to reflect on you. If Daniels is bad, then people are going to think you're not a particularly good coach. It's not like anybody was singing his praises nationally as Hal was struggling down the stretch last year, but this is potentially a brilliant situation. Speaking of Sam Howell, what would you make of what he said about him? He said, look, there were ups, there were downs. He's got to learn from everything. Sure. He's got to file it all away and basically just get better. But he also acknowledged that a lot of their issues in the second half of the season were probably more unit and team issues than just Sam Howell problems, and he ends up being the scapegoat. Yeah, I, I think that was a, a pretty diplomatic and, and, and smart way to do it, right, to sort of say without saying it, he didn't play well enough. That's where we're starting from. That's why we're asking questions. That's why we're kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge. The number two picks a quarterback, right, buddy? New quarterback. It's exciting. We know why we need one. Everyone's aware. But it's also offering a, a full panoramic because we, we like to do things as very simple axioms, right? We like to have very cut and dry. This is who's good. This is who's bad. This is who's at fault. This is who gets the credit. It's always more complicated than that when you deal with this kind of super complex system that is an NFL offense, a, a coaching staff, a quarterback, good situation, bad situation, everything between. I think everybody has a good head on their shoulders about it. But your end game here, your bottom line is, it wasn't good enough at that spot. A new quarterback is needed, presumably, to kind of start that clock and, and build for this new regime. But it's also not to say everything was Sam's fault, right? I thought that was a really good way, diplomatic way of getting that across. Commander's quarterback's coach, Tavita Pritchard, thanks for a couple of minutes. You'll hear from Anthony Lynn, who we got several minutes with earlier today uh, at the top of the hour on Grant and Danny, who's their new run game coordinator and a former head coach. 
Speaking of QBs, we know who the top three are in this class. It's Williams and then May and Daniels in some order. Very well could go one, two, three overall, mm-hmm. depending on if New England stays or trades out. The fourth quarterback in this draft class is starting to separate himself, it seems like. And I think people will be surprised by who that is and how high he could go. And that's next on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. Welcome back to Grant and Danny out here in Ashburn, where the assistant coaches met with the media today. This was something I know they did when I was on the beat in 2010 with Shanahan. May have done it with Jay Gruden, but I don't remember this. It was certainly COVID time frame with Rivera uh, more recently. But a really cool opportunity, I think, for some of the assistants to meet with the media and just uh, the right way to do things. And they're doing Agreed. a lot of things differently out here, and, and we were happy to be a small part of it. We found John Kime out here in the uh, media portion of the building. Of course, he covers the team for ESPN. Uh, we started the show talking about how it just feels a little different out here. you got to be around it to know, but no one's been around it longer than you. Yeah, no, it's dramatically different. And you can just tell, you can just tell how different it is when you're talking to the guys. Now, it's a new staff. Part of that is the word collaboration it was used a lot. And I think the ability to, for like Tavita Pritchard, the quarterback's coach, and I think you guys tweeted out like he's a football nerd, mm-hmm. right? And like the ability to learn from Cliff Kingsbury. I think the defensive guys just, and all of them would talk about Dan Quinn and how they wanted to work with him and why. And so I think there's just a different level of energy than I've seen with most situations out here. It's, I, the beginning of every regime always it's always right. sunshine exactly. and rainbows and stuff and and it's we're trying to convey that to folks that this one actually feels different it, and you, you know, know what I mean you know why it feels different to me because at the top it's different yeah you could not sustain before when Joe Gibbs was here you knew I would I remember being at the bus stop with my neighbors and telling them the minute Joe leaves they're going back to what they were <laughs> because the people at the top were not good and so I think like to me, the first press conference, the biggest difference was it was the triumvirate. The, I'm now it's the holy football trinity of Harris, Peters, and Quinn. That's why it feels different. It's because you feel like I think they feel like they're in a, in a place where they cannot just build something, but if they get it right, they can sustain it. That's one, different. One of the key selling points to Dan Quinn right away when they hired him. They knew that there was going to be some comparing him to Rivera, and it wasn't going to be all that exciting necessarily as a retread. But they knew he was going to put together a great staff, and that was one of the first messages they put out there. It's hard to knock the staff he put together. I mean, it seems like a, a really good group. It does, and I think one of the things that separated him during the interview process, too, was the depth of his ability to put together this kind of a staff. And when, when, you ha- when you've been around like him and you're respected like him, you, you attract certain – types of coaches but i think what's what's also different too is one of the things that in his interview they talked about was the six the succession plan on offense it didn't do he didn't do it right in atlanta and when kyle shanahan left five of the top eight offensive assistants went with kyle and so it led to changes in in scheme and changes in system and etc didn't go well well here you have now you have like okay if, if if it goes well and kingsbury leaves well, you got Brian Johnson, you got you got Anthony Lynn, you have you know, or is Tavita Pritchard ready? Is David Blaw ready? You, I think you have. It's more akin to when Kyle, when excuse me, Mike was the head coach here, and you had all that young coaching talent and offense that you knew that given a 
chance to rise up, they eventually would at least elevate to a different position. So I think that's one of the differences, too, on this staff. John Kime live in a conference room in Ashburn at the <laughs> is it Commander's Park? I don't even know what it is uh, here on G&D. And, and that's that's kind of harkening back to what I was going to ask you about, John, was was that staff. And we all know now famously it's, you know, a third of the head coaches in the league were, were on that staff right. at one point. And you see the graphic every, you know, every time there's a playoff game, really? et cetera. Yeah. It's like <laughs> smacks you in the face like a wet fish. Now, though, this feels like that right mix again. And it, it also does. feels like they'll capitalize on it right it up at the does. top. And there's, there's a succession plan. Yeah. And I think that's very important. I think I don't think you could have said that about the last staff. Like you didn't see like there were a couple of guys say, OK, you like this guy. But I didn't see that. Who's going to rise up to be this and mm-hmm. that. Right. But you see that here. And because Brian Johnson was an OC, Anthony Lynn was a head coach. And, you know, Brian Johnson made, you know, you talk to people in Philly. I think they, some people I talked to there really like him. And so, you know, he's a guy that can still elevate. Was Maybe he wasn't ready for that job. Maybe it was Sirianni, whatever it was. But you have a much, and it's young talent too. That is part of it as well. Mm-hmm. And with some of that, that's where you go back. It's like to that Shanahan. layering, yeah. Right, and I, you know, you can see these guys moving up. Tavita Pritchard, you could see Blah, like you know, Kingsbury called him. I think the bright, one of the brightest co- quarterbacks he's been around. Um, so you know how this goes. You still got to get a quarterback right. You have to get that right. Um, but and if you go back to like even that staff when Grant when we covered them with, with the whole staff. You didn't think all those guys were going to be a head coach. Like, no. I don't like, you know, McDaniel, when he was smart, nobody was thinking that time. And LaFleur, they weren't thinking that either. Two of them, Kyle and, and Sean, clearly were yeah. on the path. So, you know, I, but I think you have the ability to see, like, could this, would you be surprised if this guy did it here? I would not. That going into this. Cakes, you, you said something I want to hit on, which was the quarterback at number two. I hate to oversimplify this because a lot of things matter. But really, this whole thing for Dan Quinn and every person we just met out in the bubble, it's going to work or it's not. Based on the quarterback they take this year, whoever that is, and whether that guy's really good or not. I mean, you hate to put all the eggs in that basket, but through no that. pressure, Adam Peters. Exactly. <laughs> through that lens, though, how much interest do you think they should have in moving up, moving back, as opposed to sitting put it to keeping their allotment of picks and just taking the best available QB that they like the most. Yeah. I, so what what we know about this team is they want to build through the draft. So that's first and foremost. So how much capital are you willing to move to, to give up to move up one spot when you know you still need a lot on that roster? That's the thing to me that I would that that's where I would have pause for them moving up. And nobody has told me they wouldn't, but this is just logically playing it out like. How much is it going to take? Is if it's for sale, it's not just going to be this team trying to move up. You're going to have multiple. So are you going to have to give up a couple of your seconds and a future first? Right. Do you really want to, you know, is that. And how much more would you have to like? Let's just say it's Caleb Williams. A lot. Williams than the other the two. The has to be huge. Yeah, because like your, your comparison isn't, is Caleb Williams better than Drake May or Jaden Daniels? It's, is Caleb Williams better than those two plus these potential an edge, four, a linebacker, and a receiver, picks, yeah, uh, an offensive tackle. And I know that Peters was in obviously in San Francisco when they moved up for Trey Lance, but they had a roster that was ready, and you could be aggressive with it. Like I would hear from people out here, like they were like, "Hey, if we can get to this in a year, we can make that kind of forty nine er move because the roster's ready." And so I think that's another key point where this roster is not. A, I don't think is at that point where you can sacrifice that much to move up unless you just think he's so far ahead 
and is such a game changer that you have to do it when you have a chance. But, you know, I think my guess would be staying at two and picking from one of these guys that you like and, and then building around them and build a roster so that way if they're not great, you still have a good roster and you take another swing at another point. A quick one here before we jump. Are they going to try to be good this year? And here's why I ask. It's a lot of salary cap room. You could go for it now, I put that in quotes, or you could do like you're talking about, build sustainably through the draft. Huge decision to make, how you approach it. It is. Now, you have to fill a lot of spots. They only have about, I think it's 43 guys signed, so you're going to need to bring a guy. So you're going to have to spend to a degree. I do not view this as a team that's going to try and do what Jacksonville did, where you're going to pay Christian Kirk gazillion dollars as an average receiver, right, to go in there and do whatever. I don't don't see that because it would run counter to, I think – Josh Harris, very patient owner. I think Dan Quinn, like his big thing is how do you he, – he had success in Atlanta, but they could sustain it. How do you build something you can sustain? Mm-hmm. I think Peters is – I think he's from that same principle. So I would be surprised if they said, like, you know, we're going to swing for the fences now. And then, you know, I still – like, that doesn't mean that you don't go out and spend because you have to spend some. You have a lot of money, and you have more than a few needs. But And their philosophy would be build through the draft – supplement through free agency so but i don't see a you know i don't see them just going crazy and bringing in like you know bruce smith and mark carrier and Deion sanders and all that group right um but i think but there are guys that would make sense who would cost a lot that could help them we smoking meats this weekend oh boy i i don't i haven't i haven't thought that far ahead okay. yet GP. but it's been a i'll say this like i did some crispy pork belly recently oh hello which is really really good it's a good and choice then, um Spat, you, know, you do chicken, but it's spatchcock method. Yes, sir. So that's next level. That's, that is. That's, that's, it's, it's not your average bear. No, no, but cooking it's good. Chicken. It's good because it gets more flavor into the into the entire chicken, and a little bit moist. So it's it's good stuff. So I, I got. I haven't thought that far ahead, but now that you're thinking me, it's been a while since I've done some ribs. Only Wednesday. You got time. <laughs> this was like the thing you were looking forward to this uh-huh, week. You had uh-huh. to cover. Yeah. So now you're I on... have 48 on Sunday. Just That's saying. Right. Might it's be time to weather. go. Mm-hmm. Listen, I've done it when it's 30 degrees. The problem yeah. <laughs> is I have an offset and it doesn't have the insulation. It is a hard thing to do to keep it at 250 on those days. Cakes, thanks for stopping through. Thanks. Appreciate man. you. Grant and Danny on the fan. You'll hear from Anthony Lynn, the run game coordinator of the Commanders, next right here on Grant and Danny. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. 
So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 